Start your morning with the CNN Daily News Briefing. In just three minutes, we'll tell you about the stories that are making headlines around the world. To listen, tell your smart speaker to play the CNN Daily News Briefing or find us in your favorite podcast app. Another historic night as a president facing the specter of impeachment tries what another White House under fire, the Nixon White House, once called a modified limited hangout that is telling some, but not all. I'm Jake Tapper. Hey, Jake, I'm Anderson Cooper. This is the CNN special report, the impeachment inquiry. And tonight, Anderson, Republican and Democratic lawmakers on Capitol Hill got their first glimpse of that classified whistleblower complaint that has rocked the Trump presidency and prompted Democrats in the House to launch an official impeachment inquiry. The whistleblower according to a Justice Department memo released earlier today, was concerned that President Trump sought to pressure Ukraine to, quote, help the president's 2020 re-election campaign. Also today, the White House released a rough transcript of that July 25th phone call, which in part spurred the whistleblower to come forward. So concerned about the actions of the president. On that call, President Trump clearly and openly pressed Ukraine's President Zelensky to work with Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, and with Attorney General Bill Barr, to investigate his potential 2020 Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, and Biden's son, Hunter. Of the Bidens, we should note, the Ukrainian prosecutor has already said there is no evidence of any wrongdoing by them. Now, whether he's gaslighting or truly of the belief that there was nothing inappropriate about his actions, President Trump tried to argue today that the transcript, the rough transcript, would exonerate him. It's a joke. Impeachment for that? When you have a wonderful meeting or you have a wonderful phone conversation. But releasing the rough transcript did not exonerate the president. And though some Republicans are sticking by the White House talking points, insisting there's nothing to see here, there already appear cracks in that facade with Republican Senator Ben Sass, who read the whistleblower complaint this evening, calling it very troubling. Republican Senator Mitt Romney calling it troubling in the extreme. Republican Senator Pat Toomey calling it inappropriate. Now, the principle that the president violated is, as then Governor Pence in the vice presidential debates of 2016 called it, pretty basic stuff. Now, you all need to know out there, this is this is basic stuff. Foreign donors and certainly foreign governments cannot participate in the American political process. Indeed. Now, so much of what we do know about this scandal has been admitted by President Trump or Rudy Giuliani, stated out in the open. This afternoon, sitting with Zelensky, President Trump again noted how much military aid the U.S. has given Ukraine under his administration while calling Hunter Biden corrupt and noting, wink, wink, Zelensky is known for fighting corruption. When Biden's son walks away with millions of dollars from Ukraine and he knows nothing and they're paying him millions of dollars, that's corruption. I think that's a horrible thing. I think it's a horrible thing. Sometimes, Anderson, it almost seems like President Trump is all but daring the legislative and judicial bodies of the United States to live up to the checks and balances of the American system. Whether and how they will remains unclear. Uh, it's amazing to see that Pence uh, soundbite from uh, from it seems like a long time ago. It wasn't. That said, Jake, what is becoming clear is we may soon be learning a whole lot more about the allegations at the center of this. There's a lot we don't know, including from the whistleblower. Now, late tonight, we learned that he or she has tentatively agreed to meet with lawmakers on the House Intelligence Committee 
according to correspondence obtained by CNN, it would be on the condition that the acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire, who's testifying uh, tomorrow, approves appropriate security clearances for the whistleblower's legal counsel so they can be there with their client. Also tonight, late new details in the New York Times on some of the specifics of the original complaint by the whistleblower, as well as the scope of it. The Times, citing two people briefed on the matter, reports there are, quote, multiple White House officials as witnesses to potential presidential misconduct who could corroborate the complaint, adding that the inspector general for the intelligence community, Michael Atkinson, interviewed witnesses. Now, also separately, the Times is reporting that lawmakers may be interested in a call the president made to Ukraine's president back in April. And of course, tomorrow, acting DNI McGuire testifies before the House Intelligence Committee. We're going to get to all of this in the special hour ahead. You bet, Anderson. But we're going to start where everything started this morning. The rough transcript of that phone call between a Ukrainian president desperately needing American aid, facing Russian military forces, and an American president seeking to have his political foes investigated. Thank you very much, Mr. President. The call begins with President Trump congratulating the Ukrainian president on his party's recent big win in the parliamentary elections. President Zelensky responds, quote, I would like to confess to you that I had an opportunity to learn from you. We used quite a few of your skills and knowledge, unquote. Zelensky's following a rule that many world leaders have picked up on, on the key to President Trump's heart. Flattery will get you everywhere. President Trump responds, well, it is very nice of you to say that. I will say that we do a lot for Ukraine. The U.S. Congress had approved nearly $400 million in aid for Ukraine this year alone. But just before the phone call, President Trump had put a hold on that. President Trump goes on to say, quote, the United States has been very good to Ukraine. I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily because things are happening that are not good. But the United States has been very, very good to Ukraine, unquote. That specific line, I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily, is under a lot of scrutiny. It's unclear exactly what President Trump meant by that. Was he, in fact, pushing Zelensky to step up? President Zelensky tells Trump, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. Javelins are shoulder-fired missiles. The $400 million aid package to Ukraine included $250 million in military aid. The president responds to that by saying, I would like you to do us a favor. And he mentions the firm CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike investigated a data breach of the DNC during the 2016 election and concluded that the Russians were behind the hack. CrowdStrike is also at the center of Rudy Giuliani's investigation into how former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort was implicated for the work he did in Ukraine. President Trump goes on to say, I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. Zelensky responds by saying, we're open to any future cooperation. He doesn't say no to Trump's request for this favor. Zelensky goes on to say, I will personally tell you that one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Giuliani just recently. This confirms that Zelensky was already aware of Giuliani's efforts to investigate both the Manafort situation and the role that Joe Biden played in Ukraine while his son Hunter Biden sat on the board of a Ukrainian company. Zelensky then says, I guarantee as the president of Ukraine that all the investigations will be done openly and candidly. 
Trump then asks Zelensky to listen to Giuliani and says, I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Trump is now adding Attorney General Barr to Giuliani's quest to investigate a political rival of Trump's. And President Trump then mentions Joe Biden by name, saying, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. It's unclear what prosecution Trump is talking about, and there is no public evidence that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was himself under investigation. President Zelensky then says the next prosecutor will look into the situation, specifically to the company that you mentioned in this issue. President Trump again says, I will have Mr. Giuliani give you a call. This is now the fourth time he's brought up Giuliani's name. The call ends with Trump saying, congratulations on a fantastic job you've done. And a simple thank you from President Zelensky and bye bye. And with that, as the backdrop, the whistleblower complaint landed in Congress, specifically the House and Senate Intelligence Committees. Democratic Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney sits on the House panel. I spoke to him just before airtime. Congressman Maloney, obviously the the complaint is classified and there's certainly a lot you, you cannot say. You have read it. What was your overall reaction to what you read? Well, as you point out, I can't discuss the details, but I'll tell you, you know, it's it's very well written. It's very credible. Um, And it absolutely should have been delivered to Congress under the statute. So I think, you know, my my biggest takeaway is uh, and my questions for the acting director of national intelligence will center around why it was withheld when the statute is crystal clear that it's supposed to be delivered. Do you you know the the argument is that because it had something to do with the president, that that was an unusual situation for the DNI and therefore, that's why they went to their general counsel, who then suggested going to the Department of Justice. Do you, do, would you, do you buy that explanation? Well, you have to ask yourself, when 50 U.S.C. Section 3033, which is the whistleblower law, um, makes no provision for going to the Department of Justice, doesn't say you go check your jurisdiction, doesn't say you do a classification review internally, doesn't say you check with the White House, it says you get the complaint, and if the inspector general has said it's credible and urgent, you send it to Congress within seven days, and you can comment on it. It says that. Um, so, so the real question, I think the hard question for the acting director of national intelligence is, why'd you stop it? The, the New York Times tonight is reporting that the whistleblower believed President Trump's actions with regard to the president of Ukraine created a national security risk. That is obviously a heavy charge to levy at a sitting president of the United States. Based on what you read, do you agree with that? Well, if we're talking now about the call summary memo that was released publicly today, I think it's an extraordinary document. And I have to tell you, it it kind of breaks your heart. I mean, I know everybody runs to their partisan corners, but just stop and, and think about it for a minute. You have the president of the United States calling a foreign leader who is desperate for American assistance, and he is forced to engage in this exercise where he agrees to investigate a political opponent of the president Um, When he's talking about U.S. military assistance, when he's talking about the importance of the relationship. I can't understand how the president or anyone around him with a straight face can say that this is about U.S. concern over ongoing corruption in Ukraine. Because just basically, if you are the president of the United States and you are really concerned about current corruption in Ukraine, you have many levers of government. You don't need to have Rudy Giuliani skulking about in, you know, meeting with Ukrainian officials. Well, this is transparently an inappropriate attempt to smear a political rival 
using a mil military and foreign assistance as leverage over a vulnerable foreign leader and soliciting help in your political campaign from a foreign individual, a foreign government. It's flat out wrong. It's probably illegal. It more than justifies an impeachment inquiry. There are a lot of moving parts to this. and It seems like there are a lot of other people who will have to be interviewed. It's not just the you know, director of national intelligence tomorrow. It's not just the, the, the whistleblower. I mean, there's Giuliani. There's the ambassador to Ukraine who was ousted. Uh, there's, you know, apparently, according to the Times reporting, people in the White House who had information about this and their concerns the whistleblower had about how the, the records of this were being handled. Is, do you see this as a long process with a lot of people needing to be interviewed? The thing that popped out of me about the memo that was released today was not just uh, the president's disgraceful conduct. It was that, is that he, he identified two people right. as his go-betweens with the Ukraine government, Rudy Giuliani, but also the attorney general of the United States, who, uh, as we know, uh, heads the Justice Department that said, you know, this is outside the IG's jurisdiction. Boy, if that's not a conflict, I don't know what is. So Bill Barr also has some very tough questions to answer, and he should recuse himself from any further involvement in this. Congressman uh, Maloney, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. There's much more ahead, uh, including President Trump's reaction to all this and his surprising non-reaction as well. Also tonight, the mood on Capitol Hill among lawmakers who may end up deciding the president's fate. That and more as our CNN special report, the impeachment inquiry continues. It is more than a little mind-blowing how much news came at us all day, all day, not to mention the precedents that were being broken, including the notion that diplomatic conversations should be kept secret. Yeah, it even caught the Ukrainian president off guard. Speaking to reporters, he said he thought the White House would only publish President Trump's side of their conversation. Apparently, uh, live and learn. President Trump, meantime, also broke precedent, holding a press conference kind of unlike any we've seen from him, which is saying a lot. CNN Jim Acosta has that, along with some late new reporting. So first of all, I, have, I understand you have some new details yeah. on a reaction to the whistleblower complaint. Yeah, Anderson, I talked to a lawmaker who has seen the whistleblower complaint. And keep in mind, uh, you know, some of these lawmakers are being cautious about what they can say about all of this as this declassification process is underway. But according to this lawmaker who has seen the whistleblower complaint, uh, there are uh, multiple dimensions to the whistleblower complaint, more dimensions uh, than what was first reported, uh, according to this lawmaker. This lawmaker said that the, the scope of the involvement of multiple aides inside the Trump administration in terms of putting pressure on the Ukrainian president, President Zelensky, uh, is bigger than what was previously thought. And according to this lawmaker, it is because of that scope uh, that there are likely going to be calls for m multiple Trump aides to testify uh, on top of this whistleblower. It is unlikely that just hearing from this whistleblower, according to this lawmaker, is going to be sufficient at this point. According to this lawmaker who saw the complaint, uh, Anderson, the, the scope of this effort that was uh, applied uh, to President Zelensky of Ukraine is, quote, shocking. That's according to that lawmaker. Right. And The New York Times has also re been reporting tonight that, I mean, this has been an interest of President Trump's, Ukraine in particular, uh, since essentially since he was in office and certainly uh, back in, right. in April, there, there was a call. Uh, and obviously the involvement of Giuliani has been going on for quite some time. I, I'm wondering what you make of the press conference today, because certainly the president yeah. seemed, you know, he'd been t he was talking repeatedly about the long day he'd had. He'd had meetings all day and he'd been in the U.N. for three days. Uh, it certainly seemed a bit rambling, to say the least. And uh, there were just a lot of things which were not true. 
I, Anderson, that's right. And, and, and to your first point, I will tell you, I did talk to a source close to the White House, familiar with the president's thinking, who has said uh, that the, the president uh, has been seething over this Ukraine issue, uh, these allegations that he believes are, are relevant involving uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, for months. So, yes, the president has been angry about this for some time. But getting back to the press conference, we saw a lot of that anchor, uh, anger on display. But, Anderson, what we did not get uh, were very many answers. The president rambled on for a good 30 minutes before taking questions. And then when he did take questions, he tried to steer uh, clear of questions about this investigation. He was trying to get questions about the economy uh, and the markets, as he said at a couple of points. But he never really explained what he meant when he said, we would like you to do us a favor in terms of what the president said to uh, President Zelensky. Also, no explanation as to what Rudy Giuliani was doing over Ukraine, uh, hitting all these pressure points with the Ukrainians. According to the president, reporters should go ask Rudy uh, what he was doing out there. Yeah. Anderson, Jake. Jim Acosta, thanks very much. Uh, Jake, the, the president today, I mean, he was basically saying everybody does this. Senators, this is normal behavior, accused without any evidence whatsoever that the Obama administration had, had done this against him. Mm-hmm. That's just not, this is not normal. No, and uh, U.S. senators pushing uh, Ukraine to cooperate with Justice Department investigations is not the same thing as a president privately trying to get a foreign country to specifically start an investigation of its own into his political rivals. Uh, let's chew over all this uh, with our experts. Uh, joining us now, we have CNN chief political correspondent uh, Dan Bash here with me in studio. Uh, we also have with us Van Jones, host of CNN's The Van Jones Show, and CNN political analyst David Gergen and Carl Bernstein. Uh, Dan, let me start with you. Uh, it really does seem like President Trump thinks that he did not do anything wrong here and he doesn't understand why anybody is objecting to this. Yeah, which is, I think, classic Trump, vintage Trump, right? That this is uh, the way that he operates, and uh, he has been doing so for so many years. It is the the code that Michael Cohen talked about. The difference now is that he's not a businessman in New York. He's the president of the United States. And that is why what we saw in black and white today, even though it was just a, a summary, really, not even a transcript, uh, it, it, is, it is so jarring for so many people to see, yes, the Democrats are the ones who are coming out and saying that publicly, obviously going as far as saying we should start an impeachment inquiry. The Republicans are, for the most part, lockstep, but there are some cracks in that. Yeah. There are some cracks because it is hard to um, kind of brush aside what is right there when it comes to what is appropriate conduct for a president of the United States. Uh, and uh, David, as somebody who's worked in the White House for multiple administrations, what do you think the strategy was behind putting this rough transcript out there? Why would they do that if it's so incriminating? Uh, Jake, I think they made a real blunder, uh, which under, uh, underscores the fact that they, they're living in a bubble and the president himself, you know, woke up today thinking, having said, well, I'll put the t- transcript out there or the summary out there. This will all go away. He completely misjudged the environment in which he finds himself, which tells me he's a more isolated figure and his staff is not serving him well uh, to, to, go, to, to arrive at this point. He really looks like he's sort of being, you know, the fight right now, the struggle right now is who can control the narrative. What story is the country going to draw from this? And right now, frankly, Nancy Pelosi is winning that struggle against Donald Trump. And it certainly makes you think that maybe John Kelly exerted a lot more control 
uh, in retrospect than, than it appeared uh, at Absolutely. the time. Uh, Van uh, Jones, let me bring you in. The president in that press conference uh, took a page from the Trump playbook uh, and tried to blame Democrats and everyone else uh, for what he had done. But the truth of the matter is, this isn't done. You don't ask foreign leaders to investigate your political rivals. Well, and that, that was the whole point of the whole Mueller investigation, trying to figure out had he done this. And now we have him saying, well, this time I did it. I don't think uh, people on the other side understand that the, uh, this scared the bejeebers out of Democrats. The idea that you might have Donald Trump sitting there calling foreign leaders. Now we've got to run against Donald Trump and maybe 10 foreign nations. Like, at what point does this thing stop? And I think that's really why you, you saw a Pelosi saying, we've got to do something. Uh, but I do want to say I'm a flashing yellow light of caution, though, on this whole idea of the impeachment, because it, there is a, a, a risk for Democrats. Uh, number one, uh, you're going to uh, suck out all the oxygen for the, pr- the primary for our issues. Number two, you're going to make Trump a martyr in the eyes of a lot of people. But the main thing is you don't actually solve the problem. If the problem is you may have the president of the United States possibly bringing in foreign powers, he could mm-hmm. be impeached and not removed and keep doing it. So I think at this, until they're actually filing these articles of impeachment, there needs to be a serious effort to pull us back from the brink and to solve the actual problem. It needs to be a, some, some new set of laws, some new set of initiatives to say you just can't do this. I'm much more interested in preventing future misconduct than trying to punish past misconduct because you could impeach this guy every day of the week and he still is going to be there and he might keep doing this. All right. We're still going to we're going to talk about impeachment later in the show. Uh, Carl, I want to stay focused uh, on uh, today's machinations, the release of the of that rough transcript, et cetera. And a number of times uh, in this transcript, you see President Trump bringing up Attorney General uh, Barr. Uh, In fact, not once, not twice, five times in the rough transcript, he brings up Barr, that Barr will be working in coordination with the Ukrainians and with Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal attorney, in an effort to investigate Vice President Biden. Uh, are you surprised that, that President Trump sees Barr uh, as kind of like his own private detective slash uh, personal attorney? Not at all. All you have to do is look at Barr's handling of, of the Mueller inquiry. Uh, but more than that, Barr at the present time is conducting an investigation, supposedly, of deep state uh, action against Donald Trump. And the whole idea that all of the Mueller investigation was somehow a deep state conspiracy. Barr is at the heart of an investigation, indeed looking at some of these Ukraine questions. What we saw today was unambiguous evidence of the corruption of the presidency of the United States by a corrupt president. There's nothing ambiguous uh, in that summary. Uh, And then to see Donald Trump, as others have mentioned, uh, go hold that press conference uh, that seemed almost stream of consciousness of grievance, uh, I think we can see he's again trying to make the conduct of Hillary Clinton, the press, uh, all his enemies the issue rather than his own conduct. And we've had breaking news all day from daybreak until uh, uh, sunset. Uh, Dana Bash, you have some more news for us. And that's right. That is tomorrow is going to be yet another roller coaster ride because the complaint that was delivered in a classified way to Capitol Hill today. The whistleblower complaint. Of the whistleblower, thank you, is uh, has been declassified according to uh, two sources, including Chris Stewart, a Republican member of the uh, of the Intelligence Committee who tweeted that we don't expect to see it. Until tomorrow, the, uh, there's going to be a link to it, presumably online. 
But it's big news. Right now we have reporting from sources about what it says. Tomorrow we'll be able to read it for ourselves. Just like today, we were able to read the summary of this phone call. This is the whistleblower complaint uh, that Mitt Romney uh, and Ben Sass and other Republican senators have mm-hmm. called uh, very troubling or troubling in the extreme. Everyone stick around. Uh, just ahead, we're going to talk with a freshman Democratic member of Congress about today's events and why she supports this impeachment inquiry. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It is more than a little mind-blowing how much news came at us all day, all day, not to mention the precedents that were being broken, including the notion that diplomatic conversations should be kept secret. Yeah, it even caught the Ukrainian president off guard. Speaking to reporters, he said he thought the White House would only publish President Trump's side of their conversation. Apparently, uh, live and learn. President Trump, meantime, also broke precedent, holding a press conference kind of unlike any we've seen from him, which is saying a lot. CNN Jim Acosta has that, along with some late new reporting. So first of all, I I understand you have some new details on reaction to the whistleblower complaint. Yeah, Anderson, I talked to a lawmaker who has seen the whistleblower complaint. And keep in mind, uh, you know, some of these lawmakers are being cautious about what they can say about all of this as this declassification process is underway. But according to this lawmaker who has seen the whistleblower complaint, uh, there are uh, multiple dimensions to the whistleblower complaint, more dimensions uh, than what was first reported, uh, according to this lawmaker. This lawmaker said that the the scope of the involvement of multiple aides inside the Trump administration in terms of putting pressure on the Ukrainian president, President Zelensky, uh, is bigger than what was previously thought. And according to this lawmaker, it is because of that scope Uh, that there are likely going to be calls for multiple Trump aides to testify uh, on top of this whistleblower. It is unlikely that just hearing from this whistleblower, according to this lawmaker, is going to be sufficient at this point. According to this lawmaker who saw the complaint, uh, Anderson, the the scope of this effort that was uh, applied uh, to President Zelensky of Ukraine is, quote, shocking. That's according to that lawmaker. Right. And The New York Times has also re- been reporting tonight that, I mean, this has been an interest of President Trump's, Ukraine in particular, uh, since essentially since he, he was in office. And certainly uh, back in, right. in April, there, there was a call. Uh, and obviously the involvement of Giuliani has been going on for quite some time. I, I'm wondering what you make of the press conference today, because certainly the president yeah. seemed... You know, he'd been he was talking repeatedly about the long day he'd had. He'd had meetings all day and he'd been in the U.N. for three days. Uh, It certainly seemed a bit rambling, to say the least. And uh, there were just a lot of things which were not true. Anderson, that's right. And and, and to your first point, I will tell you, I did talk to a source close to the White House, familiar with the president's thinking, who has said uh, that the the president uh, has been seething over this Ukraine issue, uh, these allegations that he believes are, are relevant involving uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, for months. So, yes, the president has been angry about this for some time. But getting back to the press conference, we saw a lot of that anchor, uh, anger on display. But, Anderson, what we did not get uh, were very many answers. The president rambled on for a good 30 minutes before taking questions. And then when he did take questions, he tried to steer uh, clear of questions about this investigation. He was trying to get questions about the economy uh, and the markets, as he said at a couple of points, but he never really explained what he meant when he said, we would like you to do us a favor in terms of what the president said to uh, President Zelensky. Also, no explanation as to what Rudy Giuliani was doing over Ukraine, uh, hitting all these pressure points with the Ukrainians. According to the president, reporters should go ask Rudy uh, what he was doing out there. Anderson, Jake. 
Jim Acosta, thanks very much. Uh, Jake, the, the president today, I mean, he was basically saying everybody does this. Senators, this is normal behavior, accused without any evidence whatsoever that the Obama administration had, had done this against him. Mm-hmm. That's just not this is not normal. No. And uh, U.S. senators pushing uh, Ukraine to cooperate with Justice Department investigations is not the same thing as a president privately trying to get a foreign country to specifically start an investigation of its own into his political rivals. Uh, let's chew o- over all this uh, with our experts. Uh, joining us now, we have CNN chief political correspondent uh, Dan Bash here with me in studio. Uh, we also have with us Van Jones, host of CNN's The Van Jones Show, and CNN political analyst David Gergen and Carl Bernstein. Uh, Dan, let me start with you. Uh, it really does seem like President Trump thinks that he did not do anything wrong here and he doesn't understand why anybody is objecting to this. Yeah, which is, I think, classic Trump, vintage Trump, right? That this is uh, the way that he operates and uh, he has been doing so for so many years. It is the, the code that Michael Cohen talked about. The difference now is that he's not a businessman in New York. He's the president of the United States. And that is why what we saw in black and white today, even though it was just a, a summary, really not even a transcript, uh, it, it, is, it is so jarring for so many people to see. Yes, the Democrats are the ones who are coming out and saying that publicly, obviously going as far as saying we should start an impeachment inquiry. The Republicans are, for the most part, lockstep. But there are some cracks in that. Yeah. There are some cracks because it is hard to... Um, kind of brush aside what is right there when it comes to what is appropriate conduct for a president of the United States. Uh, and and uh, David, as somebody who's worked in the White House for multiple administrations, what do you think the strategy was behind putting this rough transcript out there? Why would they do that if it's so incriminating? Uh, Jake, I think they made a real blunder, uh, which under, uh, underscores the fact that they, they're living in a bubble and the president himself, you know, woke up today thinking, having said, well, I'll put the t- transcript out there or the summary out there. This will all go away. He completely misjudged the environment in which he finds himself, which tells me he's a more isolated figure and his staff is not serving him well uh, to, 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 go to, to arrive at this point. He really looks like he's sort of being, you know, the fight right now, the struggle right now is who can control the narrative. What story is the country going to draw from this? And right now, frankly, Nancy Pelosi is winning that struggle against Donald Trump. And it certainly makes you think that maybe John Kelly exerted a lot more control yes. uh, in retrospect than, than it appeared uh, at the time. Uh, Van uh, Jones, let me bring you in. The president in that press conference uh, took a page from the Trump playbook uh, and tried to blame Democrats and everyone else uh, for what he had done But the truth of the matter is, this isn't done. You don't ask foreign leaders to investigate your political rivals. Well, and that that was the whole point of the whole Mueller investigation, trying to figure out had he done this. And now we have him saying, well, this time I did it. I don't think uh, people on the other side understand that uh, this scared the bejeebers out of Democrats. The idea that you might have Donald Trump sitting there calling foreign leaders. Now we got to run against Donald Trump and maybe 10 foreign nations like, at what point does this thing stop? And I think that's really why you, you saw a Pelosi saying, we've got to do something. Uh, but I do want to say, I'm a flashing yellow light of caution, though, on this whole idea of the impeachment, because it, there is a, a, a risk for Democrats. Uh, number one, uh, you're going to uh, suck out all the oxygen for the, pr- the primary, for our issues. Number two, you're going to make Trump a martyr in the eyes of a lot of people. But the main thing is, 
you don't actually solve the problem. If the problem is you may have the president of the United States possibly bringing in foreign powers, he could mm-hmm. be impeached and not removed and keep doing it. So I think at this, until they're actually filing these articles of, of impeachment, there needs to be a serious effort to pull us back from the brink and to solve the actual problem. It needs to be a, some, some new set of laws, some new set of initiatives to say you just can't do this. I'm much more interested in preventing future misconduct than trying to punish past misconduct because you could impeach this guy every day of the week and he still is going to be there and he might keep doing this. All right. We're still going to we're going to talk about impeachment later in the show. Uh, Carl, I want to uh, stay focused uh, on uh, today's machinations, the release of the of that rough transcript, et cetera. And, and a number of times uh, in this transcript, you see President Trump bringing up Attorney General uh, Barr. Uh, in fact, not once, not twice, five times in the rough transcript, he brings up Barr, that Barr will be working in coordination with the Ukrainians and with Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal attorney, in an effort to investigate Vice President Biden, uh, are you surprised that, that President Trump sees Barr uh, as kind of like his own private detective slash uh, personal attorney? Not at all. All you have to do is look at Barr's handling of, of the Mueller inquiry. Uh, but more than that, Barr at the present time is conducting an investigation, supposedly, of deep state uh, action against Donald Trump and the whole idea that all of the Mueller investigation was somehow a deep state conspiracy. Barr is at the heart of an investigation, indeed looking at some of these Ukraine questions. What we saw today was unambiguous evidence of the corruption of the presidency of the United States by a corrupt president. There's nothing ambiguous uh, in that summary. Uh, And then to see Donald Trump, as others have mentioned, uh, go hold that press conference uh, that seemed almost stream of consciousness of grievance, uh, I think we can see he's again trying to make the conduct of Hillary Clinton, the press, uh, all his enemies the issue, rather than his own conduct. And we've had breaking news all day from daybreak until uh, uh, sunset. Uh, Dana Bass, you have some more news for us? And that's right. That is tomorrow is going to be yet another roller coaster ride because the complaint that was delivered in a classified way to Capitol Hill today. The whistleblower complaint. Of the whistleblower, thank you, is uh, has been declassified according to uh, two sources, including Chris Stewart, a Republican member of the uh, of the Intelligence Committee who tweeted that we don't expect to see it. Until tomorrow, the, uh, there's going to be a link to it, presumably online. But it's big news. Right now, we have reporting from sources about what it says. Tomorrow, we'll be able to read it for ourselves. Just like today, we were able to read the summary of this phone call. This is the whistleblower complaint uh, that Mitt Romney uh, and Ben Sass and other Republican senators have mm-hmm. called uh, very troubling or troubling in the extreme. Everyone stick around. Uh, just ahead, we're going to talk with a freshman Democratic member of Congress about today's events and why she supports this impeachment inquiry. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, as astonishing as the day has been, we're right on the brink of another one. The acting director of national intelligence testifies. And as we learned just a few minutes ago, we could also see the declassified whistleblower complaint. Reaction now from our team of political professionals. Uh, Dana, what, what more are you learning uh, about this declassification? Um, we don't know any of the details about the timing. Uh, what we are told is that it has happened. This is according to, to two sources uh, familiar with with the declassification. And I might add, Chris Stewart, a member of the right. Intelligence Committee, said so in a tweet. Um, Republican from a Republican Utah. from Utah said so in a tweet. So 
Um, they're also getting word clearly through the Republican chain that this has happened. It makes sense in many ways if they're going to declassify, which Adam Schiff said today he was going to make it happen, that it would do it would, it would occur before this big hearing that we're going to see tomorrow with the acting director of national intelligence coming before Congress uh, to have it all kind of out in the open at once. It is kind of amazing the warp speed, though, that the administration is suddenly acting uh, with, given how much they have stonewalled on issue after issue after issue. On this, the one issue we now know from Nancy Pelosi and sources within the Democratic uh, caucus that they are narrowing in on, they're not Mm going to broaden it at this point, narrowing in on with with the impeachment inquiry, they're finally getting serious on at least a little bit of transparency. And Van, uh, there's still so much we don't know. Uh, we know about the what the transcript that we got from the White House of that phone call from July, that rough transcript, but we don't know the contents of the whistleblower mm-hmm. complaint, which supposedly has much more than just that, uh, that one phone call. We should see it tomorrow. We don't know the contents of other phone calls between uh, President Trump and the Ukrainian president. We're told that there was one in April as well. Uh, we don't know about Rudy Giuliani's activities, but it does seem like regardless of what comes out of that, everyone's uh, pretty dug in at this point, at least on Capitol Hill. Here, here's, here's one thing that we do know. One person can make a huge difference. There's some, somebody inside that federal bureaucracy that they saw something and it bothered them and they decided they were going to do something and they didn't leak it. They didn't go out and, and try to, you know, they went through the chain of command and say, I just don't think this is right. And as a result of that one person saying, I just don't think it's right, and trying to use the mechanisms that America's government created for people just like that, here we are tonight. And so one person can make a difference. I don't know where this leads, but uh, please, I think uh, we should be very, very proud of that person for standing up. Hopefully this works out in some great way or some miracle. It all ends happily. Uh, but uh, one person makes it. We know that tonight. We know that. And David, uh, the president attacked Speaker Pelosi today, saying that she has lost her way, that she's been taken over by the radical left. And as far as he's concerned, she's, quote, no longer Speaker of the House. Uh, This seems to be President Trump once again embracing a foil. He had one in Robert Mueller. Uh, Do you think this is just a preview of what's to come over the next few months? He's just going to talk about, you know, the squad, Ocasio-Cortez, et cetera, uh, Tlaib uh, and plus Nancy Pelosi. I, he'll try it. I, I don't think he's going to get very far with, with arguing about socialism when, when the issue is about national security and abuse of power. Um, I, but, and I, I just think, think something has fundamentally changed here uh, in, in this sense, Jay. For, for several months, the Democrats have been pursuing various investigations, and the White House has been more successful than anyone might have imagined in stonewalling. They've given away very, very little. On this one, I think the dynamic is reversed in which the Democrats actually have much more leverage. Than, than they've had in the past, starting with this report from the uh, from the whistleblower. That person, I think, is absolutely, Van is absolutely right, had been extremely brave, putting career and possibly physical safety at risk. But, but coming up with that roadmap, as Anderson called it, is really important for the committee. It, a lot of internal sleuthing, which would have taken months, has now been done for them. They know the names of the witnesses. They can act expeditiously. And very importantly, Carl may speak to this, my sense is 
is that the president can no longer uh, claim executive privilege if members of his staff are called uh, as part of this investigation. It seems to me he's waived executive privilege now by putting all this information out there. And therefore, the for the first time, we'll really be able to get some key players up there. And it may look a lot like what our memories of John Dean and Alex Butterfield and others testifying way back in Watergate. Uh, and, and, and speaking of Watergate, Carl Bernstein, CNN is reporting uh, that the whistleblower has tentatively agreed to testify uh, before members of Congress in, in uh, closed session if acting DNI Director of National Intelligence McGuire agrees. And I think uh, as, as well, if his or her lawyers can be present, that seems like a pretty big deal. It's a very big deal, uh, as is the release that's coming tomorrow uh, of the whistleblower of the uh, inspector general's report, because what we are seeing here is that Donald Trump has lost control of the narrative. Up until now, he has been able to a large extent, especially in the Mueller investigation, to keep the press, to keep investigators, to keep his own party, and even to keep the Democrats fighting on the ground that he has laid. He has laid the battlefield. And in the Mueller investigation, that's one of the reasons he was able to prevail to the extent that he did. Now he's up against Nancy Pelosi and a set of facts that is absolutely overwhelming. It's like a mudslide. Uh, and he has produced this mudslide, and it's starting to overwhelm all the things that have worked for him before. And that is going to include what we're going to hear up there tomorrow on the Hill uh, and what the inspector general has found uh, as testified uh, on our air tonight by those members of the committee who have seen what the inspector general said. They are genuinely horrified. Uh, and, and Dan Abbas, Republicans have been defending uh, President Trump. Uh, people like Lindsey Graham, et cetera, mm -hmm. uh, have been calling this a nothing burger, mm -hmm. et cetera. But I, you do see cracks uh, in the facade. You do. Uh, not just the, the Romneys and the Ben Sasses who have criticized, but also there was a unanimous vote in the Senate yesterday uh, for the White House to turn over uh, the whistleblower complaint to the committees. That was so big. I mean, how many times have we said... You know, till we're blue in the face since the president took the White House, that Republicans won't stand up to, to him. Well, they did with with that vote. And that is in large part why the whistleblower uh, complaint was delivered in a classified way today, likely declassified and publicly tomorrow. Uh, the cracks are important. And Ben Sass in particular saying not just I'm troubled, but everybody on the Republican side, not just the Democratic side, Republican side, Hold your fire. Stop circling the wagons. Stop saying there's it, nothing there. Yes. He actually, it stop saying there's nothing there. And I think circling the wagons was was the term that he used uh, because we have to just take a breath and look at this. Thanks, everyone. We're going to put it all in perspective next. Stay with us. Adding quickly to the breaking news on the whistleblower complaint, a source now telling CNN's Jim Acosta that that complaint will arrive tomorrow morning with minimal redactions. And over the past uh, couple of nights, Jake, on 360, we've been noting how truly historic each day has been. Tomorrow certainly looks to be no exception with the declassification of the complaint, as well as the testimony from the acting director of the DNI. We'll all be watching for that. But what, uh, yeah, I, what I'm curious about with the declassification on this, Jake, is according to those who have seen the whistleblower complaint, the original one, it actually names names of people in the White House who were witnesses to this or have information I assume the declassification will mean those names are redacted. 
Yeah, that, that will be interesting to see what has been redacted, what hasn't. Uh, also, I mean, it's just people talk about this being a Rorschach test. Um, it's just so unusual that you have Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, other Republicans reading this, being alarmed, being disturbed. And yet you have other Republicans uh, seeing this and saying, well, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I'm uh, really fascinated. I really can't wait to see what's yeah. in there. Well, certainly a lot still to, to learn, and uh, hopefully we'll learn a lot more tomorrow and uh, in the days ahead. Uh, that does it for us tonight in this special report. We're going to be back at the same time tomorrow. The news continues right after the break. Stay with us.